Broken for Fabregas. Now it's Iniesta. This is it. That's the goal. Hello and welcome to the Total Football Podcast World Cup 2018 coverage. I'm Declan Hart and I'm not joined by anyone today. We're going to keep this nice and short. It's going to be a World Cup diary style episode because really, literally, there's only been one match and obviously one massive news story. When more matches are played, I think uh, we'll bring Andrew back into the fold uh, and uh, really discuss the, the meat of the World Cup because really, we're only on the skin at the moment. Uh, obviously, Russia kicked off their campaign as hosts against Saudi Arabia today. They were weird. It was a weird match. Russia... Scored early, which obviously is good for their nerves, because, you know, you would be nervous even if you're Russian uh, on a stage like that in front of your home fans at a World Cup. And uh, Russia had low expectations. The the Russian media even uh, were expecting very little from Russia today. And, uh, you know, they delivered, and they delivered very well. Uh, They they actually played some nice football at times. They... um, they like Gullivan was fantastic. I probably mispronounced his name. It's it's the Russian team. I'm gonna mispronounce their names, unfortunately. Uh, Saudi Arabia. I expect like I didn't expect much from them in this competition, but I expected more from them than five nil. Like I get two of them were in the last, literally last five minutes, and I was like it was two nil for quite a while. Like it was it just completely shut off after the second goal. They contributed nothing. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the score just because I purely. I purely believe that every team should have the right to score a goal at the World Cup. Every team, all 32 teams, should score at least once. It's sad when a team can't even score a goal. And this was Saudi Arabia's best chance to score a goal. You know, they might, they might, it, all they need is one chance to go in off someone's backside. Like, there's still 180 minutes for them to play, but 5 0, that's, you know, that's them out of the World Cup, pretty obviously. Uh, but, for Russia, their hopes of uh, going through from the group stages, I I didn't I didn't expect them to get to get out of this group. Obviously, uh, you can hear Andrews and I's thought, uh, thoughts on the group stages, our predictions from uh, last Monday's episode. But now, with this kind of result, it does make you think they could get a result off Egypt, and that's really all they need. I think. Obviously, uh, Egypt play Uruguay tomorrow. Tomorrow's got some good matches. It's nicely. Uh, space out. Uh, that match I just mentioned is on at one o'clock uh, BST. Uh, all times I mentioned will be BST. Just FYI. Um, and then there's Iran Morocco, which uh, I heard described as a palate cleanser, which I think is a, a nice uh, way to describe it. That's on four o'clock. You know, not everyone needs to watch it, but for those who do, it's a nice little match just have on um, while you're doing something else maybe and then the main event match which is the match that I, I really want to talk about uh, is Spain-Portugal that match has had the craziest build up to uh, an opening match that I've seen in a World Cup uh, probably since it's probably the uh, craziest build up since Ireland's uh, campaign in 2002 because obviously if somehow if you have not heard the news Julian Lopetegui has been sacked as Spain manager less than 48 hours before they kick off uh, their uh, World Cup campaign. Like I expected them to win this. Like My predictions on Monday, I said that they will win this competition. and I'm, 
immediately had to start thinking about my predictions, and uh, I'm sure that wasn't the biggest concern of the Spanish FAs. Um, but uh, Rui Bales uh, obviously saw, uh, he's the Spanish FA president, he saw that uh, Julian Lopetegui taking the Real Madrid job as just an utter betrayal of... Uh, of Because Lopetegui did just sign a new contract to 2020, literally on the 22nd of May. Like, that's what, two, three weeks ago? Well, more than two weeks ago. Three weeks ago now. Uh, like, like this, I, I, can, I can see where he's coming from. Like, it seems to have split uh, Spanish people and people around the world whether he made the right decision. It sounded like the players, uh, most pointedly Ramos... Uh, was trying to convince Rui Balas uh, to keep Lopetegui uh, as manager, but I can I can kind of see how his position was untenable. It's uh, it, it is going over his head like I, like plenty of managers have done this before. Bobby Robson did it in 1990. He was going to PSV uh, even at the last World Cup. Louis Van Hal was about to become Manchester United manager after the World Cup, and even at the Euros of 2016, Antonio Conte had accepted a role at Chelsea for after the competition like it, it's fine for managers to do that but it's it's the way in which it was announced the Rui Ballas only found out five minutes before everyone else did uh, he literally just signed a contract as I mentioned like that it, it's a lack of respect perhaps uh, Lopetegui is probably uh, licking his wounds at home thinking oh what have I what have I done this is this is absurd uh, you know I don't think he expected to get sacked over this um, and I think the emotion has gotten to the Spanish FA. I think, I think if this was a week before, if if this had been announced, been announced a week earlier, I think he'd still be manager. I think everything would probably be okay. And uh, there's a bit of a, I don't know, do I want to call it arrogance from Real Madrid that they can just announce this the way they want to and expect no consequences. And Lopetegui starting as Real Madrid manager. There's a press conference going later, or no, at a. Yeah, Lopetegui's press conference is going later. Uh, the Spanish FA already did theirs with uh, Sergio Ramos. And uh, Sergio Ramos has spoken about a unity around the dressing room, but we won't really get to see if there really is a unity in the dressing room until they play tomorrow against Portugal. And Portugal, you know, there's a bit of a mess going on around Portugal as well, Sporting Lisbon. And, uh, all of their players are sending their contracts because of uh, the total mess that's going on at Sporting Lisbon. The... Uh, a bunch of ultras attacked uh, the players. Bastos has been left with uh, some form of PTSD. Obviously, he's not uh, in the Portuguese squad, but there are Portuguese players who are sporting Lisbon, so it it is affecting them. Uh, so I think this match tomorrow is massive in the sense that if Spain lose, things could completely derail. And there is a lot of pressure on them now to perform. I think if Portugal lose, I think... It's what's expected. Portugal, I think, have been expected to come second in this group since the draw was made. It is expected that they just aren't as good as Spain. But if they do, <laughs> saying all this, they have Cristiano Ronaldo. Like they have, a, they have a goal scorer. He's gonna. He's a complete game changer. He's the definition of a game changer. He's probably one of the best game changers of all time. So, you know, I, I don't know how well equipped uh, Spain are to handle someone like Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo right now, considering you know they're probably looking within. To see where everything is, uh, where all the problems lie. I think if Spain, Spain need to win this. It is must win. If they do lose, I'm not saying they will get knocked out of the group stages, but it's a, it's a possibility. I think Iran will smell will smell blood. I think Morocco will definitely smell blood. 
and the easiest it'll be an easy task for them on paper but the easiest ta tasks become the most difficult when when st something like this is going on behind the scenes because you're trying to deal with something else that is just completely irrelevant to the football and the football is it's the world cup the world cup is what you matter the most <laughs> like it's it's sensational that this has happened it is uh, as i i I don't think I've seen anyone else uh, use this phrase, so I'm going to take credit for coining it. Spain pan. L little pun, World Cup pun for you there. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty dreadful, but it's the best that I can come up with. It's, it's an annoying pun because all the letters of Saipan have Spain in them, but you have to move the words. I'm, I'm going to move on. Uh, obviously, then, uh, the two earlier matches, Iran-Morocco, as I said, kind of a... An unnecessary affair. There, there's always group games like that uh, where you just. I think Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia could probably have been defined by this 24 hours ago. It's just oh yeah, the two teams won't go through playing against each other. Just kind of, it's a formality. They have to play each other because they they have to. Um, but you know, Russia, Saudi Arabia. It surprised us. I think today Russia were pretty good. I'd expect them to put up a good fight against Egypt. Um, and Uruguay in the remaining two games, Saudi Arabia, I expect them to concede another five or ten goals over the course of the next two games. A bit like in 2002, you know, they're just not good enough. Um, and then Egypt, Uruguay tomorrow, Salah, the Egypt manager said, will 100% start, so I'm going to take him by his word and say that Salah will start. It's a risky maneuver because we don't know how match fit he is, but if he is match fit and he is playing as well if he does play as well as he has done in the last three or four months for Liverpool this is going to be a really good match as well we're in we're in for a treat with this one as well Uruguay have a really good side they're probably the dark horses of this competition for me anyway I think they could get to a semi-final obviously if you get to a semi-final I think it can happen from there but I, I think a semi-final is possible for Uruguay I'm not saying they will get to a semi-final but it wouldn't shock me if they got to a semi-final and they really need to lay down a marker against Egypt tomorrow Egypt have uh, other good players, uh, I think I mentioned that in our part one preview as well, like they have other uh, well-known well names from the Premier League, like Mohamed Elneny, like um, Sophie, who's just signed for Huddersfield from Stoke, uh, Hikazi, who was at West Brom last season, who was actually probably one of West Brom's better players. So they, they have household names. Uh, obviously, Uruguay had really famous well-known names Luis Suarez comes to mind uh, Edison Cavani comes to mind uh, like the attacking threat that they pose will be a lot for uh, for Egypt to take in but I'd expect Uruguay to win this one but obviously a lot of it depends on Mo Salah if Mo Salah can turn up in in the way that he has in recent years then that's a huge boost for your Egypt and it it could be very close. I'm expecting a tight affair. Obviously, it's the first group game. You don't want to lose the first group game because then your whole tournament is in disarray. You have to win the next two games. But then, on the other hand, if you do win, it gives you a nice, comfortable cushion. You're able to take it easy the next two games. If you win the second game, you can maybe rest people in the third game. It's a huge advantage to win this match. It's 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 going to be really good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's fixtures. And it, isn't it just lovely? That the World Cup has started. Uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, Russia, Saudi Arabia, the or what's going on in Spain, or if you think Portugal, just basically anything that I've discussed today, if you have any thoughts on it, uh, e don't be afraid to email us at thetfpod.gmail.com. Uh, if you want to keep up with the rest of our coverage, uh, we'll be on Instagram at Total Football Pod. 
or Twitter at the TF Pod. That just leaves me to say uh, thank you for listening, and I will be back tomorrow.